Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, DFA Wire Homework, and ask me questions if I was confusing. I continue to be strident in my beliefs that it's important in the offseason for baseball fans to remain vigilant and learn something new every year. Whatever you want it to be this year, I'm completely good with it. Maybe I've maybe I've listed it before, maybe I haven't. A college team focus on four or five guys the Cubs might be interested in in 21 with the 21st pick in the draft. Figure out which guys you prefer. Uh, Possibly a different pipeline in the Cubs division. Pirates pipeline or the Reds pipeline or the Brewers pipeline or the Cardinals pipeline. Do something that you can do a half an hour a week to just become a bit more conversant in a baseball topic. One of the topics I occasionally mention is the DFA wire. And occasionally when I say the DFA wire, I can see through my computer, even though I haven't officially recorded this podcast when I'm talking into the computer, I can still see your eyes roll. Why do you want us to do DFA wire homework? There's no upside in that. It's pointless. Well, I want to talk about a player, a specific player. And after the break, I want to talk about why stuff like this should have a bearing on your view on things. This player, whose name I shall hold back for a while, was a sixth-round draft choice from Texas in Austin back a while ago. In his draft year, 28 games, 43 innings pitched, 34 hits, 15 walks, 33 strikeouts. Eh, you know, could be something, could not be something, all depends, whatever. Uh, He traveled up the Minnesota Twins pipeline, not exactly with a one good year, bad, one bad year, one good year, one bad year, one good stop, one bad stop, sort of a um, fluctuation, but not too far from it. He was decent sometimes, and other times he was totally outclassed. Presumably then he'd get sent back, then he'd come up the next level, and maybe he'd be better, or maybe he wouldn't. It just... He he wasn't burning down villages to get anywhere. He was... He was okay, but he wasn't anything special. Eventually, the team Minnesota traded him to the Angels. Now, this was when this pitcher had gotten to, like, double-A ball. Traded to the Angels for a minor leaguer who never, ever, 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 ever played in advanced A ball. He played briefly in... A ball, I don't know. Uh, Let's see. Angels, probably then it would have been the Midwest League. 
because the Angels are Midwest League. But he never played above the Midwest League. And he was traded for this person who we're talking about. He was granted free agency. Then after being granted free agency, he signed with the Phillies and was released by the Phillies. Then in February, he signed February this, uh, February 2020, like right before the world went crazy. He signed with Tampa Bay. And John Curtis went on to a 1.0, a 1.80 ERA, 25 innings, 25 strikeouts, 21 hits, three walks. So, okay, so what? Who, who, what, what, what difference does it make? John Curtis entering this season had 0.78 years of service time, which pretty much means this year he's league minimum. Next year he's league minimum. Year after that he is league minimum. Correct. Then after that he starts to be moderately more expensive and probably that would be about the time that the Rays would look to trade him for two minor leaguers in A ball that eventually they turn into something quite effective or at least one of them. So John Curtis through the twin system was absolutely insubstantial. Traded to the Angels for Danny Ozoria who never advanced beyond the Midwest League. Granted free agency after his time with the Angels. Signed with the Phillies. Released by the Phillies. Signed with the Rays. Thanks for stopping by my podcast. I try to put quality effort into each episode. Bringing you information you might not get as promptly or completely from other sources. If you have friends that you think might be interested in the podcast, then send them a link of a favorite episode that might resonate with them. Perhaps, for some people, this might be that. Hitting like, share, follow, subscribe, or retweet is also appreciated. If you need help in sharing, ask away. If this service is worth more than the asking price, most podcast servers allow you a simple link to contribute to the podcast in any fashion you deem worthwhile. Anchor provides sponsorships for podcasts. Whether or not those appeal to you, thanks for listening. So, okay, the Tampa Bay Rays found a guy who was rather insubstantial and turned him into something good. Well, what what's to be learned from that? If you are about doing homework, and you should be, Whatever works for you the best, whatever increase, instead of sharpening the same pencil. I've got a box here of 18 pencils. I have some more pencils over here. This one I'm using right now, you can't see, but it doesn't have an eraser. I'm trying to get the other pencils used so I can get to the new, brand new pencils that actually have erasers and all that kind of stuff. When you hit the offseason in baseball, maybe you're waiting until the World Series ends, figure out something so that 
you can add more to the discussion next time around. And if your thing is the um, new angles of um, statistical excellence, expertise, um, that's cool. But that's not going to necessarily help with relating to people who hate math. And if you are of the mind that if somebody hates math, I don't approve of them. Hmm. Well, that's one way of doing it, I guess. I strongly recommend you figure out something so that next spring you are better at discussing some angle of the Chicago Cubs and player development. There are a number of ways to do it. Now, what the problem is with the Rays killing people in free agent acquisitions or trades or stuff like that. Back in the day, Theo Epstein was really good at accumulating extra draft picks. And I don't know how much the, the, the Red Sox spent internationally, but they certainly were allowed to spend however much they wanted. And there was never any question that the Red Sox were permitted to spend internationally. When Epstein came to the Cubs, the entire idea was Epstein was going to aggressively spend internationally because there were no penalties there. There were no penalties whatsoever for international spending. He could spend 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year and there would be no penalties. He could spend infinite amounts on draft signing bonuses and there would be no penalties. And as soon as the ink dried on Epstein's contract, those two loopholes went away. Slow, more slowly with the um, international spending, but right away with the draft. So two of the things that Epstein was very good with went away really quickly. He did find a bit of a loophole with Mexican talent. That also went away. The things Theo Epstein was very good at in 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015 have gone away. They cannot do them anymore. The things that oh let, let, let's use let's use your um let's use your old high school score um grading scale. You have the what 94 to 100 is an A, 88 to 94 is a B, whatever. What, what is it that you would grade? Theo Epstein an A at as an executive anymore. The things that he used to be able to do that he can't do anymore, he's really good at those. But as far as right now, what is it that Theo Epstein is amazingly good at? Is he amazingly good at executing trades? No, not really. How about signing free agents? Oh, he's had a couple very good ones, but not really. Um, drafting. Not as good as the Dodgers. Developing talent that he has internally. Not really. What is it that Theo Epstein does particularly well? If there's nothing he does particularly well, then probably the ownership should start looking in a new direction and find someone who is able to do something particularly well 
and adequately at the other things. If you do your homework on whatever, you'll have opinions. They'll be wrong. They'll be wrong quite often, and that's fine. You'll have opinions, you'll be wrong, and you'll assess, okay, I was wrong before. Why was I wrong? How can I be right the next time? What, what was I overlooking? What was I assuming? What was it? So many Cubs fans are, I like this guy, so he's going to do well. You liking a player or not has no bearing on whether he will do well or not. Assessing talent, yeah, I know pro organizations have much better assessment tools as far as this or that. But if you have a minor league team you're following, you can pretty much tell, this guy can hit, this catcher is good, this relief pitcher throws 98. You can tell the basics. You can tell the basics from following games. Read the article. Read the box score. Read what there is. Pick a game or two to listen to. Learn some stuff. Follow the people who follow the team on Twitter. Do the basics. Do the homework on something. Perhaps for you, that something is the DFA wire. When a name like John Curtis with two S's comes along, what's your immediate take? Is your immediate take, I've never heard of him, so he must suck? There's a lot of that. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of that. Or maybe, I've heard of this guy. He was on my team that one time. And that one day he had a really good game. So I like him because of that. So he, he'd be a really good signing because... No. What is your reasoning behind? I think this guy might be kind of good. Maybe you're f- fantastic with researching like fan graphs and stuff like that. It's like, oh, th- this guy has a really good spin rate on his slider, but the team he was with told him don't throw your slider or something like that, whatever the case is. Find the thing you want to do 30 minutes a week. Once the post, once the season ends, 30 minutes of homework on DFA wire, guys. That'd be what? 10 minutes a piece? Maybe 15? So you're looking, if you're looking at two, three, four guys, you've easily done your homework for the week. And you have a reason for believing in or not believing in Two or three or four guys. When you're doing your homework, hey, have like your stopwatch handy. You know, click, click. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start. Okay. Seven minutes off. Now I'm down to 15 minutes and 21 seconds left for the week. Fine. Cool. Get your half an hour a week in on whatever it is you're doing. I love to hear somebody say, I'm going to learn about the Brewers pipeline. Somebody sends me a note on the Anchor uh, contest line saying, I've decided I'm going to become more aware of who is in the Reds farm system and I want to be conversant in them by March. That'd be so cool. 
because I would know somebody's actually taking the time to learn stuff. I enjoy doing the research myself. I enjoy doing the podcast. I especially enjoy when I spur someone else on to thinking and doing. When that happens, then I have done my job. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.